loads of rubbish in the cup. We're halfway through having lunch. Forest in the cups. I'm sure loads of other people just go, oh, it's got a bit of forest in it. Don't worry about it. That won't be a problem. Forest coffee. Mmm. Forest coffee, forest tea. We had one of those dropout sessions today. We did. We started with, <laughs> as we were, as last week we discussed the rain, but it's not raining today, and we both said afterwards, wasn't that cold? It's not but, that cold for us. But, but compared to yesterday, for the needs of the children that were in that group, we started with, what do we have today? 10, 10 12? 12, yeah. And then, just it was almost you just look round and you go, oh, crikey! I think we had three, possibly four by, by the, the end. end. Yeah. You know, and there's no, you know, there's no judgment on that. We're not no, scowling not as they walk away. You're just going, cool. Yeah, come and back, you watch those children go. that you know really well, who are the kids who are like, "Hello, Lewis. Hello, Gemma. Can you come and play with me over here?" And, and mm. like, you know, and they just are sitting there silently, and you go, "Hey, do you want to do this?" They're like, "No, no," and they just yeah. go like huddling up to their parent, just a completely different personality. And you go, "Yeah, you are not in a good place. You need to go home." Oh, this is the it's the bit that makes me. I don't believe in Maslow's hierarchy, right? I don't think it's something that applies, but I can oh, see... Oh, whenever you say that, you get a little old fight. Right, but... Uh, can you explain why? Because no. otherwise people will fight. Well, explain it in another podcast, but what I was going to say was I feel like that experience is when people go, ah, oh, they didn't have their needs met. And and, and that's true. I just don't think the, the hierarchy bears... Bears up to... It doesn't, you know, rubber hits the road kind of thing. I think it's a lovely idea. Oh, maybe I will go into it then. Go for it. I, th I think it, it's a lovely idea in planning, in you know, in mm. in theory. Mm. But I don't, you know, there are people who are self-actualized, who are struggling to get food. Mm -hmm. You know, there are people mm. who, you know, uh, you know, there are people who yeah. don't have the freedom to, I don't know, express their own views, but they're not happy just because they're warm. Mm. Like, you know, mm. the, I, I, I don't agree with it being a triangle. I think they're mm. a collection of needs you have, mm -hmm. but I don't think they're, they're hierarchically dependent. Mm -hmm. I'm well clever. I said hierarchically dependent. Woo! University, mate. I've done, oh. it, I've done a degree in it. It's like the time I used the word heteroglossic. And I read back through my uh, my master's dissertation and I go, oh, blah, heteroglossic, luminal. It means many-tongued. But why I was using it, I have no idea. You're just slagging, so, slagging someone off. No. I was talking about learning in some way, innit? Talking about some kind of learning and going to tetraglossic <laughs> in it. But I look back on it now and I go, yeah, different okay. person right now. Have we covered it up? We said clever things, but then we covered it with poor yeah. accents. Yeah, so it's fine. Okay, it's good. Modesty. Right. So, this is the closest we've got so far to me coaxing you into a school versus no school debate which has been is still looming but what i sent you this week was john taylor gatto or gatto i don't know uh, if you're he's american and everyone that has talked about him to me he's american mm -hmm. so um yeah john taylor gatto if you, he died last october um he is a very prominent person in the home education world um but he comes from a teaching background and what we have got, and I'll put a link to it in the podcast notes, is we've got his acceptance speech for his, now I think it was the New York Teacher of the Year, mm -hmm. whether that's the city or the state, because he won both right. in different years. Okay. So it's worth going into this with a bit of background to him, that he is being given an award by the state for state teaching mm -hmm. and how outstanding they think his work is. So. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's the first thing that's worth discussing is he's not like a lot of people who are pro-home-ed who either were home-edded themselves or have some kind of... Um, if you were really far on the spectrum, you might say like conspiracy nut mm-hmm. kind of vibe about like they're brainwashing us, man, and they're doing mm-hmm. whatever. He is firmly in, you know, American state education. Yeah. So caveats, I think, are he is a teacher, but he's in an American school mm-hmm. uh, and, and an American system. And all of his writing is about the American system, which I think I've said in a podcast before makes his writing quite interesting because... Um, in the in the grand scheme of things, America's education system was written down from day dot, mm-hmm. whereas uh, countries, you know, Britain, we just kind of schooling. You know, I'm sure you could find the first school, mm. but schooling kind of evolved over time. Whereas, mm. because of how America developed as a country, there was a point where they wrote down this will be the school system. Yeah, I found that quite interesting in the article about the history of American education and it almost being like this uh, part of the Civil War in mm-hmm. terms of like people going. No, you're not going to take my kids. You're not going to mm-hmm. take them into school. I'm, I don't believe in it. And then um, these kids being rounded up and marched into, yeah. you know, state education um, against their will and their, against their family's will. And that's part of, I think, what <clears> comes <throat> from... I mean, neither of us are American, but I th- the vibe that I get is that a lot of people emigrated to America to set up new lives mm. free of either, mm. free of... Religious persecution, or with the freedom to persecute. Lots of people moved out there because they wanted to be puritanical, Mm. and they weren't allowed to do that in their, you know, European countries. So lots of people who went to America had a strong view of what they thought children and society needed to learn. Mm -hmm. And so then, when you go right statewide, Mm. nationally, we're going to put this in place. Mm. It's an interesting conversation, I think. And I wonder if there are similarities in some parts of Britain in terms of education as well. Um, In uh, my village in Devon we've just been mm-hmm. doing a bit of uh, local history research on the village school mm-hmm. which doesn't exist anymore but the place where the school was is still right. there and the house where the teacher lived is still there and it's still called old school house um, but the teacher had to keep a school log right. and interestingly her pay was re- um, linked to attendance okay kind of like almost now with the teachers yeah, being yeah. their yeah. pay and progression being linked to outcomes so she had to keep a log legally of who was there what happened in the day if people are all absent why were they absent yeah um so it makes quite interesting reading and so the beginning of it is like you know day one of school all of the children are very backwards and unruly and there's two (laughs) kids that um get uh, sent home in disgrace for lighting a fire in the playground and so imagine these like feral village children they're all children of miners right so they're all they've just been working in the mines basically or um agricultural laboring yeah depending on uh, the season and then on one day it's like no children present, all children working in fields or out um, warting, which I had to look up, mm-hmm. which is in the woods foraging for wartleberries. Right. Um, yeah, and yeah. That, you know, that's why none of the kids came to school. And I wonder if the parents had that similar view of like, oh, God, I have to send my kids to school and I need them. I need their help mm. to, you know, to live. And uh, that's a very poor community. And this, this woman, you know, drops in from somewhere else. Yeah, no yeah. one knows her. And here she is trying to impose. Yeah spelling on our children they're never going to need that what the heck you well know? that's the thing i mean this is I mean, we're digging in we're digging into the history and what i would say is if you are interested in in the history of education not just in america but in uh sort of as a, a broad look at it is to look up um gatto's other works so he's got um uh dumbing us down which is a very good book and also um uh 
uh, I can't remember the other one now, but I will put some links to his books mm -hmm. in there. And they're, they're very in-depth, but very accessible. Mm -hmm. So they're all written from a very logical kind of, well, let's look at this and let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, so we've highlighted some paragraphs in his speech. But he, quite is, a long speech. he is doing the speech, as you said, when he is still a teacher. He is still he a teacher. He's a teacher in the States. In the state education, and it's 1991. Okay. Or, or possibly 1990. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about 20 years ago. So, so there's some bits, there's one bit in here in particular that I think needs, not challenging, mm. but needs, it doesn't stand up maybe 20 years on. Mm -hmm. um, but so, um, if I'm going down, and the, there's basically this paragraph here. Um, he's talking to me, uh, talking to me, that's how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about how in his experience, um, school is becoming increasingly irrelevant for not only the jobs that we have in now, then, but also the communities that we have now, then. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say now for the rest of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the day. Um, and that is a really hot topic at the moment now. So Ken Robinson, his all his TED talks about exactly that and about you know that whole theory of uh, we don't know what the jobs of the future are going to be. Times are moving so quickly. Um, mm. Are you really in it to kind of just teach children to sit still and follow instructions? Because yeah. that isn't the future. The future is about being sparky, being creative, and also that thing about. Um, there's another TED talk. It's brilliant. It's um. I think I've mentioned it on here before. It's that bloke who he's not anything to do with education. He's like a business bloke. He's like right. an international business Steve Jobs. analyst guy. Can't remember. And there was okay. some kind of forum, and he um, made a, a you know this statement. It was all on the press at the time about um, not just the jobs of the future, but like robots basically. Mm -hmm. And so robots and artificial oh, intelligence. Yes. Do you remember he, that? He was these a Japanese man, and yeah. he is the leader of. Um, it's like the equivalent of World Health Organization. It's the World Education right. Organization. When he basically made a very wide statement where he said, um, "If a robot can do it now, whatever the price of that robot, do not teach your children to do it because what we need is you it's know all the soft skills, soft it's the skills, things that ro emotional robots learning, can't do. Yeah. and you know, and just saying, that, you know, yeah. the ra and I think that's worth Art, saying is culture. like the rate of technology from about." mid 1800s cranks up at such a speed that it is difficult for humans as a, a, a societies to understand that that you can have something that you go 20 years ago that that was something that employed half of a population yeah. and today it's done by two machines and yeah. it's done so much cheaper and yeah. and and education is struggling to kind of come to mm. terms with that and I do think part of what this paragraph where he's talking about the the, the um, increasing uselessness, maybe, mm -hmm. of school is um, it, he's not quite entering into the, the fact that, and it's as, as much as it is a very difficult thing to say, there is a large part of the schooling system, I think, that is childcare. That is babysitting, oh, and that is keeping, yeah. you know, a and workforce away from us. That's because, kind of my know. take on it, in a way. That um, I don't get from this article that he is particularly pro home ed. From this article, I don't get that he's saying don't do school anymore. He's talking about rejuvenating it and definitely having more impact um, emphasis on family. So he's mm -hmm. talking about projects where he sent like a mother and her daughter to visit the police and to apologize for yep. like littering a beach and then learning about local pr police procedures and all this kind of stuff and it being more embedded in community and responsibility mm -hmm. and family um which is great and but i don't get from here that he's saying 
close down state education. No, no, no. I think he's saying schooling. So there's a bit somewhere where he's saying um, it's not rid. It's not the fault possibly on this second page here. Um, uh, he's saying that he doesn't think it's the fault of schools. Hmm. He just thinks the system, the way it's set up, is not able to deliver what children and society need. Yeah. So it's not going like they're bad teachers. It's not saying that no. they don't care because that's completely the opposite of, you know, mm. I, uh, that's not even um, what I, someone who's quite anti-school think. I don't mm. think there are, but I think there are some bad teachers, but I think the large part of the teaching workforce is people who mm. care a whole lot and have their hands tied and are stuck in something that yeah, and just isn't serving. Yeah, you know, it's you know. just like you, because you know, I'm sure we've both been there in terms of just getting so... Your, your focus just gets mm -hmm, narrower mm -hmm. and narrower and narrower, doesn't it, once you're working in a school. So when you go into it, you've got this vision of, like, working with children and and it being this like yeah. vocation, yeah, yeah. basically. And then you get part of the system until all you are really thinking about and stressing about is not even your whole class, but, like, the couple of kids in your class who aren't meeting their target. That are red on your file or something. Thing yeah. that Michael Gove has decided but that's that partly, you should do. So like, I think that's partly... There's two, there's two bits to that part of it is I think what what John Gatto is pushing for is mentoring not education in the way that he is like you you act as almost like you know they have big brother initiatives in America mm -hmm. and in different parts of the of Europe where it's kind of like a, a third party outside of your family who just says like I think this would be value go and see the police officer go and see um, whatever else but also being uh, having come from a teaching background that we both have um, you know that you your priorities are in some ways dictated to you by self-preservation and I've said it before and I say it a lot of times nobody would come in if your class were they would come in eventually I guess if you had a very upset class but you'd be chewed out a lot quicker if they weren't writing the dates in their books mm. you know and so you just you are incentivized to go right well that's what I have to do then or that's yeah. you know and then you get these people that come into teaching like you say with this big vocational mm. I'm going to be and I think what people have in their heads is that they're going to be mentors mm. they're going to have you know one to one conversations and really dig down into what is it and, mm. and maybe I can be the one that and I'm sure there are still there I'm are sure people there are. doing that um, and they're probably people without their own children I would say definitely um, in the current system but um, going back to yes. the point you made about it being childcare that is for me like a hurdle which I don't understand how you would mm. leap over you know mm -hmm. you can't it's a very big societal shift it's not something yeah. that you can you and know... I also don't I don't see how if you're purely basing your education system in individual families I think you're therefore cutting a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. for learning and for education because if you've got a family that are available and able to provide educational opportunities for their children that are completely child-led and you know tailored for that child then fantastic but there are lots of people who just aren't in that position well i think he's he's uh, talking in um a different bit about um the the idea that um so like you say if you if you just said everybody now has to have their kids with them all the time mm. that's massive for a society you know mm. you're gonna decimate a workforce and you're gonna do whatever and i think actually it's not looking at it as like taking time off and taking your kids to art club and taking them to whatever club it's more about and and he i'm not sure if he says it in this um explicitly but he writes in one of his other books that it seems insane that uh, that our our goal is for children to act 
um, and behave as adults do in the world and so to do that we shield them completely mm. from the adult world mm. and put them in a room of people who are the same let's say because you know because of the way demographics work mostly the same social class as you mm. they're the same age as you and then we go well why aren't you behaving no, like I adults no I disagree about that social class thing well, uh, because I kind of feel like that's one of my reasons uh, why I still have faith in schools because I feel like it is a great mixing bowl I think that there is an issue with home educating where you are only like in its current form mm -hmm. in its current form where you are only mixing with people who have similar worldviews to you uh, people who have the same kind of income to you which is greater than your average income by the way yeah, definitely yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, to be able to uh, you know afford to a not work and be able to look after your kids the whole time and b to go to those groups unless they unless you're just staying at home and you're not mixing with anybody um, then the children you are going to be mixing with are going to be similar to you whereas in a classroom of 30 kids you are going to meet apart from obviously the complete elite but that is a whole other podcast but then, <laughs> yeah. my views but on then, but then I think that know. again is is the difference between what what I would foresee and what I think he John Gatto would foresee is not a not 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 working in order to do home ed mm. it's that if everybody home edited if it was an expectation across a society that your children were with you then you would find a lot more part-time workers, which is something that society moves towards anyway, at least recently, is, you know, how many countries are talking about four-day work weeks and how many people talk about, you know, working in the mornings. And you're talking about a lot more of, like, come, you know, some parts of the work you might bring your children with you, some parts where you go, well, I work in the morning and Dad has them in the afternoon or, or vice versa, or, you know, I work Monday, Thursday, and, and, and those kind of things that aren't saying drop everything and your only job is to be tied to the kitchen stove and, and do whatever. What do you whatever. think about that idea though that, um, so it talks in here about uh, if schooling is uh, if we use schooling to break children away from parents and make no mistake that has been the central function of schools since John Cotton announced it Woo! in 1650 blah blah blah, we're going to continue with the horror show we have right now. Yep. Um, and I get what he's kind of saying about strengthening family bonds and kind of learning together and all that kind of stuff but I've also read other stuff which talks about um, theories of children kind of being close to their mother for the first uh, this is one theory right mm -hmm. being close to their mother for the first uh, seven this is years in, this is in raising boys yes, isn't it and then and then going more dad and then going beyond parent to other mentor figures mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. um, and if you can set that up within your education world uh, from you know at home in your family setting then great but I don't think it's necessarily best for all kids to be with their parents all the time and I don't necessarily think it's good for, no, their, no, for the parents to be with their own kids no 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 and, and I think there's there's scope um, for that's why he's not saying dismantle the schooling system completely mm. you know he's saying there is a role for I think the word I would use is mentors mm. you know there is a role for professional mentors who are it, you know part of your community or part of whatever else it is and they kind of even just as a networker mm. to go hey i'll tell you what why don't you go and see this person that's their job that they do why don't mm. you go and spend a couple of days with this person why don't you spend a couple of days with this person and you would in, you would integrate so much more and i think that there's there's a kind of unspoken bit about schooling in some in some ways where we we're thinking about schooling as um 
like giving kids an, an equal opportunity or mm -hmm. uh, or you know that we're level leveling the yeah. playing field and yeah. um they they could all be the prime minister because they mm. if they go through i mean that's not true in this mm. country because if you are not in the bullingdon club mm. good luck mm. but but what i mean is that it, it kind of perpetuates a, a cycle of um spending time in schooling in in, in the school system learning non non before you've got like your life skills you know how many people mm. are sat in a classroom being taught to um dissect i'm not saying these are invaluable tools but what i mean is if you are sat there dissecting shakespeare and learning the three angles of a triangle but you don't know how to do a shopping list mm. then you or or you don't know how to um run a household because you're constantly taken out of people who run a you know you're you're taken away from the people who are running a household you don't get to see it and so then you just get stuck in this loop of well you don't know how to do it so then if you have kids you suddenly you might feel that you might feel um that you don't you aren't worth teaching your kids you know that you're not you know oh there's teachers there that are better than me and i said to my mum the other day i said you're a functioning adult in the world does your child need to be any more than that to be happy? Hmm. Now I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm aware I'm putting cat amongst yeah, the pigeons yeah, there, yeah. but I do think there's a bit of a cycle that goes on that is like you you weren't taught it, so you don't feel like you can teach your kids how to do it. And and, and that's not to say that I if you I kind of think that does happen though. I think you know you're not in school 24 hours a day I think that in most families children are absorbing so much information about that kind of stuff that I wouldn't I would maybe disagree that they're not learning it I think you are learning it and obviously some some families are going to talk about that kind of stuff more than others and and address it and some are going to keep it more private from their children um I was just thinking about because uh, he's talking in this article quite a lot about kind of yeah like mentoring programs or mm -hmm. community service and that's what he's done isn't all, it he's yeah. kind of disrupted the schooling system by saying yeah i will take these kids on and and it's all about them. responsibilities and stuff like that yes. which is all cool um i just wondered about where he doesn't mention play and i just wonder where he is predominantly working with children who are 15 to 18 mm -hmm. so that's not to say that play doesn't exist in those spaces yeah he's working in from memory, I think he's working in inner city New York yeah, with Harlem. yeah with children who are late teenagers, yeah, let's yeah. say. So, because that's another thing about um, about school. So, if you were to rehaul, so twenty percent of kids' mm -hmm. school life is spent at playtime. So that is a huge percentage of their time. Mm -hmm. That if they're in the school system, that is open-ended you would ha hope free mm -hmm. time with their peers which um children in um sort of hunter-gatherer societies not that there's much there many of them left now yeah. um spend all their day doing that um just off with their own peers mm -hmm. and independently learning through play mm -hmm. um and i'm not confident that the current system in the uk priorities well, i'm sure it doesn't prioritize well, play enough in terms of no it's just like lunchtime is for eating and for getting some fresh air and running around a bit and then coming in and it's not necessarily some some places it completely is and they mm -hmm, forget mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. and they're doing amazing work at um at playtime um but a lot of places just i don't have the resources as you or say 20 percent of a that. day is is a long time to 
for the school just to kind off. of yeah write yeah. off and just hold their hands up and go yeah. that's not our responsibility it does tie into um, a bit that I've highlighted here which is uh, I'm going to read it because it's it's his maths and, mm -hmm. and it's a bit that I think doesn't quite follow on so here's the calculations that he's done for his children out of 168 hour week my children sleep for 56 so that leaves them awake for 112 hours um, that uh, that's how long they've got to make a personality mm -hmm. to, to be a functioning person um, children attend school 30 hours a week and spend about six hours a week getting ready going and going and coming home and spend an average of seven hours a week in homework which is 45 mm. hours um, during that time they're under constant surveillance they have no private time private space and are disciplined if they try to assert their individuality in the use of time or space mm. so we're talking about long stretches of times um, now this is the bit that I disagree with he says my children watch 55 hours of television a week according to recent mm. reports that leaves them with 12 hours a week with which mm. to make a personality uh, now this is the bit I would argue with because mm. that works out to roughly 8 hours a day mm. Uh, right, wow. which is which is big mm. but I'm not saying it was, wasn't mm. true in 1990 mm. and I don't believe that he would say it mm. if it wasn't from a report mm -hmm. um, then he said of course my kids eat and that takes some time not much because we've lost the tradition of family dining but if we allot three hours a week to evening meals mm -hmm. so over the whole week three hours that gives you a net amount of private time for your child of nine hours a week mm. in which they're to form a personality to be yeah. introspective and to for you know that's yeah. the only time that yeah, they're yeah. not you know with themselves now so let's t take the maths and slightly skew it because i don't know that the i think that the mood on television has shifted in that i think eight hours a week i don't think anybody would say yeah eight hours is what my kids a day a day yeah so i think most people let's let's half that shall mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. but that's still is a huge amount it's of time. It's quite interesting what he says about the richer the child, the less TV they watch. Yes, which but, but did, you, did you follow the next bit now. up? Because he says the richer the child, the less TV they watch. Mm. But on average, um, they're, um, uh, it says the rich kid's time is just as narrowly prescribed mm. by a somewhat broader catalogue of commercial entertainments. His, his, inev his inevitable assignment to a series of private lessons in areas seldom his actual choice. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's making the point that yes, TV isn't perhaps a thing in higher income families, mm. but that's no more free time. That's no more, yeah. um, you know, personal building time. Mm. That's a lot more. Mm. And, and I like what he says about... Um, uh, higher income families and mm -hmm. uh, upper class children um, spending time learning, well, not realising they're learning necessarily, but being in situations of great challenge. So mm -hmm. he's talking about like children under 10 being in control of a horse. Yep. And so you're on top of a horse and what are you going to do if it starts to gallop and how are you going to manage that situation? And I'd say that is definitely, that whole thing about the private school system in England is definitely giving children more of those opportunities, isn't it? It's giving them, um, just children that I know that are in private school are at a very young age doing things like going off onto Exmoor for several days and, you know, navigating themselves through difficult and terrain and all this kind of stuff. And it is very interesting to, to see that as a, as a learning opportunity, as a kind of, you know, you are just left to confront this challenge and how are you going to do it and how is that going to re like wire your brain and give you the confidence and all this kind of stuff um i had this idea when i was still teaching i remember boring my other half to absolute tears about it i was like right i've read i've redesigned the education system i've done it this is secondary school brilliant 
was like, I want to, I want to do this. I'm going to write an article about it. Everyone's going to read it, and the prime minister's going to phone me and go, "Yes, you've you nailed it, Gemma. You've done it." <laughs> Which I think kind of ties in slightly to what he's saying. Where I was like, "Okay, right. If you what if you redesigned?" Uh, second, if you were some second, sort of education czar, if you so were the got, education you know, czar, and no, everyone has yeah. to do what actually let's call Full it let's call it dictator, right? Education dictator, because everyone okay. has to do what you say. Okay. Um, you just put all assessment in the bin, all of it, all assessment in the bin. Okay, I'm with you. And so I love it. And I'm so gonna... then, then people might go, oh yeah, but how are you going to like assess the progress that you're making? Well, you know. A, you trust teachers to know children as individuals. So you have smaller mm-hmm. class sizes. You have a little study group, you might call it, of like 10 kids that you're their tutor. And it, um, much more cross-curricular. So mm-hmm. why do you have to narrow everything down when they get to secondary school? What's the point of that? Yeah. So you have your small little tutor group and you do um, much more independent learning with them because really they can find out for them. If you teach them how to teach themselves yeah. and find out what they need to find out and you support them, so they go, oh, Ooh, I really need to speak. person word. Go on. Autodidactic. Yes. So, yes. you know, the A, the internet. A, yes. the internet. B, like, um, real people, like you're kind of saying. So, mm-hmm. as you're, as the tutor, a kid um, was, oh, I've got this idea and I really want to find out about blah. And you go, okay, cool. I think you need to talk to a tree surgeon. I'm going to hook you up with a tree surgeon. Yep. I'm going to phone them. I'm going to set up that meeting. I'm going to go with you because it's weird and all that kind of stuff. And then at the um, end of school, you could have like a, because you might think as well, oh, how are employers going to know apart from like an interview? Yeah, like, how yeah. are you going to put on your CV or like your grades or how are we going to sort people mm-hmm. and uh, rate them? Like, A, you don't need to rate people. You don't need to grade them in an order of any kind, do you? Why? Our whole well, society is built on this thing of like, also, this is the best person and this is the shittest person. It begs the question that that if you if you asked employers now, does the current system mm. predict good employees or no. poor employees? I think not. every employer, well, no. not every, I think a lot of employers would say, no, yeah. give me six weeks of them coming in and I'll mm-hmm. tell you if they're good yeah, or not. Yeah. I don't give a monkeys yeah, yeah, about yeah. their A-levels or their whatever. Yeah. Or So if they have know. their like independent study, right, that they're just doing all the time and then you as a tutor might go, right, assess your group and go, oh, do you know what? None of them are particularly numerate at the moment. We, mm-hmm. we are going to do it with numeracy stuff now and I'm going to lead right. a bit of this. So, you, you know, you're just very skilled and trusted and you might have some chats about what's going on at the moment and that's going to, you know... General uh, studies. General studies and, oh, 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 crikey, none of you know how to do this. Okay, we're going to spend five minutes on this right now, but now call back to your projects. And then you could imagine when a kid gets to like 17, 18, they have their independent project, a bit like mm-hmm. a kind of PhD thesis with yeah. a viva at the end. So they can do that in whatever they want. If that is like a an art exhibition, that's cool. If it is like a novel that's cool if it is like taking a car to bits and put it back together again that's cool if they want to stand up and present that that's cool you know if they Mm -hmm. want to invite the community to come and watch and celebrate their achievements fantastic and then when you are going for a job interview you are writing about your project or projects um in your application letter you've got something to talk about you you know and presumably you would have um you're you're unlikely to be jumping into the dark in terms of industry you know you would have done Mm. as part of your special project you would have gone oh i'm going to go and have a talk to these accountants or i'm going to go and do something else so you would have even more that network reconnects where you could go actually even if you're moving county you could say could you phone Jones's solicitors? Mm-hmm. I've been doing my independent project with them, and I think they would be able to, mm. in a five-minute conversation, 
Yeah, and you might even you end up, um, you know, that kind of merging into apprenticeships as well. That yeah. part of your project involved you talking to a tree surgeon or a vet uh, through talking with them and learning about that job and for your project. Think, they go, yeah. oh, you're great. I'm going to take you under my wing. And, and I there think you part go, of there's this, a job. What, what John Gatto is doing here with his... Um, so this is similar to what he's mm. doing, isn't it? He's saying to children, they have to do it something like 300 hours of community service mm -hmm. in a year as part of his thing. And he, you know, he... They have to feed back to him about it, and they have to they have to be doing it. Um, and I think that kind of touches on this idea that, like, and it ties in again to this childcare idea. But it's that this idea that like children are useless until they're eighteen, mm -hmm. which is which is completely untrue. How many mm -hmm. job sites? You know, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking masonry trade, right? There are mm -hmm. jobs that a 10 year old properly mo I'm not I'm advocating for like <laughs> I'm not advocating no. for that that's not where I'm going but what I'm saying is as a as an experience it's not to look at it and go oh they wouldn't want the bother of children yeah. being there children could be useful Completely. children you know and they and they would yes and they, they and also I think there's a thing and they about, work like, for so much less <laughs> And they're signing. You have to pay them nothing. Is it? <laughs> but they, um, I think as well, people underestimate. I can imagine if you put that proposal with somebody, people go, oh, yeah, but where's the motivation? Unless you've got that threat of like, unless you study, then you won't get your yeah, grades. Yeah. Like, there is no assessment. There's no grading of that. Like you pass or fail. You just do it or you don't do it. Um, I think you've got to have the faith and the trust in young people that they want to learn, actually. And mm. they do want to learn if they're given the freedom to um and the opportunity to do what they want to do and i think yeah. you've just got to have that as a given as part of human nature that if you put children in a in a time in a space and time where they're like well this is your time now no one's forcing you to do anything but here are all these ideas around you here are all these opportunities yeah. we can help you to do this um and then they do feel like it's got something to do with their own future rather yeah. than and also i mean yeah. you, again if we take a, a very if we take a big step back chronologically and you look at the human experience as it exists there is a tiny tiny blip at the end of that timeline that says children do not spend time with their parents they mm. go to they go to a school mm. the rest of human history is children either as you say out playing until mm. they're ready to be as you know a, a, a part of the community routines in some way and, and helping out um or that you know they were out in the field with you know you have to be with mum and dad as they move the ox up and down the field you have to learn how the thing yeah. works and or you go right go and you're going to spend the afternoon with the blacksmith right you're going to yeah. go and you know the, the church is there and you're going to spend mm. you know a couple of hours there every week and when there were six jobs in your village mm. it was easier to move around i think again i mean coming back to what we were saying at the start where now the job spectrum is so broad and everything is changing so much and also um the the depth of knowledge that you have to have to get into um let's like algorithmic programming mm. for, for example if you don't start that until you get to the time when the state education says well this is when coding comes in you are far behind mm. people I think that's the biggest thing that I see from this kind of education of mentoring and going and seeing things is going right but you can get such a 
you know, we could get, uh, as a society, you get so much better people because you go, oh, right, he's been yeah. into it since he was yeah, five, yeah. and then he's absolutely well, there's zoned so much research. in. It says that teenagers are basically geniuses in some ways because their neural connections are so quick. And yeah, yeah, they're the so plastic. Actually, they could be solving some massive problems, yeah. climate change and all the rest of it, that, he, that adults just can't, are still like... Ugh. Do you know what it is, though? That is nature's, like, massive trick or not trick it's like a, a bit of a troll isn't it and they go you know when your brain's the most plastic mm. and you could you could solve anything i'm gonna give you a bucket of hormones mm. so that so that you know a, a, <laughs> yeah. and that kind of ties in so i'm not saying for a second like let's have a 15 year old prime minister because mm. the second like there's a but girl let's let them vote it. though let's let them vote that would be great I think that I don't. I've, well, I mean, this is a whole separate topic, but I don't. <laughs> I think less people should be allowed to vote. I think. No, yeah. come on. No, you don't believe. I do. That. I think you should no, have to own don't. at least thirty acres and be a man. <laughs> at, no, I don't think that at all. I do. I do think, but part of the uh, uh, part of not having a community responsibility, and then every, I mean, we we in our political system, the the the. Um, elections can be called at irregular intervals and in, and there's no impetus for us to pay uh, not no there's very little impetus for us to pay attention to politics and then suddenly go right you decide who's in charge mm. and the vast majority of the population is going to go huh yeah. I was Gogglebox was on and I was watching that <laughs> and then in the, in the microwave they brainwashed you man they brainwashed you that's you what know, they want you to do it's a large responsibility oh, I wouldn't bother about that oh they must know better than us because they went to Eaton so that's not what I think at all no no that's not what I think at all can I just say this I mean like I think we just need to make this clear on the blurb about this this is, issue that um issue yeah. episode episode uh, that the the links to forest school here are tenuous I mean this is all about education yeah it is about education no about no I think it is because this is this is in my world in my in, in my, my world. in my imaginary head ah. palace um, what I'm talking about here is uh, either stepping away from uh, you know we have stepped stepped let's say sidestepped state education in what we do f for the most part yeah. because we work in we've set up an independent school and gone we're yeah, going to do this but i'm but, right. i'm in the i i i'm not though you right, can get because, in the bin no but um, i'm here and then my kids are in state education and so i have kind of my foot i'm not saying that yeah, my feet you know. in both camps. but i do think in terms of linking to forest school uh, in in terms of now i have talked before about being secret missions and this being a bit of a secret mission cult that we're going to encourage oh, people right. oh, yeah. so I think forest school teachers are in the best possible place mm -hmm. to be going right I've, the revolution. I, I've been employed to do a child led program mm -hmm. that is outdoors that is you know connected to the children's real world but because forest school is the buzzword at the moment, mm. you are allowed into a school <gasps> and given access to the children. So, and the staff sometimes, where you can just like observe, stand so next I do to the teacher and be like, isn't this great, teacher? Check yeah. out this learning. Actually, they're not just braining each other with a stick. They are They've stopped doing that now. <laughs> <laughs> I know they did that last week, but now you can see how they're flourishing and frolicking. And, and that kid's doing. eye looks fine now. <laughs> No, I do. What I think is, I think forest school teachers should be at least aware of other um, broader um, sort of educational yeah, ideas of because yeah. this links very closely to that idea of like forest school. I think to some extent, depending on where you land on the spectrum, if you land on the spectrum I was that is like, say that. if you land on the like 
we're doing Egyptians, and so and we're going to go outside, and we're going to make a And shadoof. there are lots of people doing that still. Right? And, and then I think the longer they spend just doing for it... Like, if you're a teacher that has a class, and you mm-hmm. teach your class in the curriculum that is defined by the government and then you also do a bit of forest school every week then you're going to find it uh, it's going to not be such a quick process i would say but if you have been a teacher and then now you are just forest weirdy then (laughs) you you are inevitably gonna slide down that spectrum of like "Eh? what and start challenging those givens that you just well because you will see what children are capable of when given you know, this much free face and this much free face and this much free face. Yeah. Um, and I think... So basically, so, but we should no, no, have a direct but, line, so, right, to so, the education people to go, hey, listen, and to do research. Oh, that, that would not be good. Can you imagine if I could phone them whenever I was in a bit of a mood and just go... Uh, well, not you, obviously. I'm not intending you. Because no. you're off the end of the spectrum. <laughs> Weird but what I was going to say was, if there's the spectrum of we're doing Egyptian, so we're going to go out and make shadoofs. And, What's shadoof? Um, it's like a... Um, uh, 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 like a crane but you water weights for moving oh, okay. bricks and stuff um, and then there's the other end of the spectrum which I think I I sit more towards which is particularly for our home ed days where sometimes I will go I need to go and cut that tree down and l- chop it up for firewood and bring it back that is just the adult world that is just functioning as a person mm-hmm. in this setting that is a job that needs to be done come and do it with me you won't be able to use the chainsaw or you might not be able to fell the whole thing but as much as you can I would like you to be involved in the process Mm -hmm. and I think that is my where I feel I'm going come on let me show you what the adult world looks like. Mm. Let me, let me. And you can actually help. Like yeah. most people would make you feel like you can't help because you are a child, but yeah. actually you are of value and you can help. Yeah. I and like we talked really about the woodland management thing, where I'm going, chopping firewood is incredibly useful. Mm. Thank you. you and want... fun. And fun. And no, I'm not going to lie and say the children are just as quick as I am at doing firewood. Of course they're not. But it's a bit like, um, you know, was it useful experience for them? Immeasurably useful for them. Do they feel part of the community? Yes, they definitely do. Is it they physically le- healthy for them? Yes, it is. Apart from that time that they chopped their leg off. But apart from that... You don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> that never happens. They won't ever chop their leg off. Touch wood. All the wood. Um, uh, yeah, you know, the blood is pumping and your heart is more healthy and all of those good chemicals are going through your brain and all that. And if we're tying it back to what you were saying earlier about... Um, only uh, wealthier or, or more upper class families being given a horse and saying mm. this is your entire responsibility and and tying that into a forest school where we're saying you know if we say to kids you know you you're can, in charge of the fire you're in charge of the fire you're mm. in charge of this sh- um, an axe yeah. like yeah. We, you know the you're in charge of real. the meal I mean yesterday there was a child who was like oh shall I let the fire I was like actually yeah we need another fire so yeah. you do it and it took him ages and there was oh, you know about 20 matter. times there was that impulse of me going what can I do to help him nothing nothing what, oh, how can I make this easy for him you can't just stop yeah. oh but I could just uh, no no step away don't look and then he did it you know and it took him ages but he did it and it wasn't necessary it wasn't just a fun that was mm. um, you know and that is a thing exactly as you're saying kind of functional activities which they are choosing to do them it's not like you have to do that now no you can't go and play they are choosing that's kind of what I mean about giving them the respect and the trust that they will want to do it because mm. I think a lot of people who don't work with children will think well they won't do it will they what's in it for them they're not going to be motivated to do it and, and I think humans if, are. if I can tie it back to my experience of, of teaching and what I, I see a lot in in 
state teaching is is because the curriculum dictates so prescriptively things like all seven-year-olds will do Egyptians. Mm. Now that's not how prescriptive our, our curriculum is in this country, but within a few years. It is years, within counties we, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's, okay, so let's say you get that and then your experience is right. I've got to sell Egyptians to my class, even though some of them aren't, in, most of them aren't interested in it and most of them aren't this. And so you get into this idea that you've got to sell the learning for them mm. to be interested and you go well they're not mm. particularly interested in it and then you might start to develop this idea that actually children they're not motivated in the learning because because look at how hard I had to bribe threaten mm. do whatever Cajole. so that they'd do the Egyptians mm. and and rather than taking a step back and going maybe Egyptians wasn't the fucking thing mm. they wanted to do mm. we get you know people look at it and and go yeah, well, you know, they just they would just sit around. They wouldn't do anything. And you go, when have you seen a child sit around and do nothing? Yeah. When have you seen a child? And I was, you know, we talk about um, again. It's, it's sometimes the, we want them to do that. Sometimes <laughs> I'm desperate for my children to do nothing. Just sit. Just sit sometimes completely it's like, still. How about we just? Hey, what are we doing Not now? Not at Forest hey, Lewis, My children Lewis, at home. What are we doing now? We're, yeah, we're talking. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, my son is in a why stage. Why? Why is that one? Or, or which one? Which one is it? I'm gonna put my socks on. Yeah. Which one is it? But why? Which on my socks is but it? Why? Anyway, um, but uh, I completely lost my train of thought. Now you've derailed me. I need a wee. Okay. Well, let's. Can we stop now? Stop now. We've fixed the world. Yeah. You're gonna redo schools in secondary. Yeah. And I'm not allowed a phone call. But does it make you some... <laughs> well, my last point is... Yeah. Well, you, I know what your answer's going to be, because I, I say this quite often. I was like, sometimes we have a chat like this. Mm-hmm. I still think, oh, I want to... Now that I've seen... Do you think, is it fixable? Other way, well, also, and about, like, don't you want to go in just a little bit and just, like, change the system from the inside, which I think is what John Gatto is kind of saying. is like, well, that's what he's doing. That's why he's won this amazing award. And it's like, go, go back in now that you have your kind of moment your eyes have been opened and then you just go in and you're the teacher with the class that is like yeah no no not at all and do you know what I think do you know what I think it is is partly I I am worried about how strong the system is so I don't think that I could go in Mm. I don't think I could pass a teaching interview now I don't you know I don't think I could get through any of that and I don't think I don't think I could play the game enough because I am mm. ju- because I am just stubborn mm. as a person, I don't think I could sit there and go, I'll mark all the books, but secretly mm. I'm I'm also getting them to go and see the police station. I'd go, mm. fuck the books, let's go and spend more time at the police station. Mm. And th- and so I couldn't I couldn't fix it. That's maybe yeah, how I, I, I feel. I, think, I couldn't I think fix it. You're probably right, considering that like when I left that job, as I said to you before, my boss's like leaving speech about me was just like, yeah, Gemma's leaving now. Um, if you ever want to like see something really funny, just get her to like talk about education and just laugh at how angry she gets. That's all I've got to say about Gemma. Bye. I was like, thanks, dude. Joke's on him. You've got a podcast. It was a her, actually. Joke's gender, her. gender, gender. Oh, oh my God. Uh, right. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. Okay. If, yeah. Go, we will put links to John's speech um, in there, and I will put links to his books. And if it's sparked anyone's interest or imagination, I would read it. I would read this speech first, because this speech sums a lot of it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only, uh, we've got it on four pages. So, not even four pages, three and a half. So, have a little read. Um, and let us know if you think that we are absolutely nuts. Okay, bye. Cool. Bye. My ass is cold. 
you're in the UK and you want to come down to Children of the Forest in person and do a little bit of training with us, we've got a load of dates on all the way through this next academic year. If you go to our Facebook page or our website, you'll be able to see all the dates and the titles of the courses and make sure you've got your ticket as soon as possible. They're all small groups so that we can do as much personalised learning as possible. In March, we've got a course on storytelling, music and drama. In April, a course in general outdoor learning involving a level one in forest school qualification. In May, we've got an outdoor cooking course. And in June, we've got an introduction to whittling. And if you feel like going for the big fish and you want to start your own forest school or become a qualified leader, in April this year, we're starting our level three training courses. So you can come down to Children's Forest for a whole week and spend some time with me and Gemma and learn how to run our very own forest school. So to find out all the dates and to get booked into those courses, go either to our Facebook page or to our website, which is childrenoftheforest.com.